Hey, hey, everybody. Terrence Brunner here with Invictus Real Estate Group. Are you ready for the cliffhanger? Five reasons. We're going to talk about five reasons to own real estate. You curious? Listen on to find out. All right, everybody. Welcome. If you're still listening to this, then the cliffhanger worked. So we're going to talk about five reasons to own real estate. There's obviously... There are a lot more, right? But uh, five, you know, I thought was a nice number and uh, it would put some context to, to what I believe are, you know, some of the most important things to consider when owning real estate. Again, obviously, you'll probably think of three or four more after I finish these. Uh, but the first one, and I think the most important one, obviously, which is the reason I have it is number one is the number one reason to own real estate is it's easy to understand. Okay, this is what I mean. If you've ever owned mutual funds, ever invested in what, what I would call the paper markets, anything to do with the stock market, right? And we reference the paper market is anything where you get a piece of paper that shows you the value of whatever it is that you've invested in, right? And the only way you know what it is that it's worth is because it says it on a sheet of paper, Okay, so if you've ever invested in the paper markets, let me let me just ask you this. Okay, and just think about this logically. Okay, when you've made money in the paper markets, have you ever known exactly why you've made money? Okay, just think about that. Have you ever known one hundred percent exactly why you've made money so that you can continue to make money? And for those of you that understand the stock market inside and out, you're far above what I believe, you know, I believe 99.99% of everybody else like me, we don't know that. <clears throat> we have no idea why it goes up. And the second question is, is any time you've lost money, have you known why you've lost money? Other than the fact that you're probably surrounded at that point with other people that have lost money, which makes you feel a little better because now you're kind of consoling each other. You're saying, hey, Bob, hey, Billy, I lost money. Did you lose money? And they say, yeah, we lost some money. And, and now you feel better because you're not the only one that lost some money, right? But other than the fact that you've lost some money and your friends have lost some money, do you really know why you've even lost money? And the reason I ask you that is because how can you fix something that you don't understand why it even happened, right? If you can't get to the root of what caused it, how can you then move forward and not allow it to continue to happen over and over and over again, right? So the thing I love most about real estate is it's easy to understand. You see, there are only two reasons why if you invest the way that we talk about, which is for cash flow, not appreciation. You see, appreciation <clears throat> is all about speculation, Okay, it's all about what you think something will be worth in the future based on you know some research, right? So it can be based on some previous knowledge, but in my opinion, you can't predict appreciation the same way that you can predict income. Okay. Um, income is much more predictable. Why is income more predictable? Because I know if I have a, a tenant in the property or somebody's in there paying those rents that those checks are going to keep coming as long as my mortgage isn't more than the checks I'm receiving from my tenants, right? And all of our properties are like that. So an average loan on one of our properties is about $240. Our average property cash flow is $750 a month. 
okay? You obviously have taxes, insurance, that type of stuff, and uh, our average property after taxes, insurance, property management fees is about 9.5%. So on a $100,000 investment, you would net, after those three expenses, $9,500, okay? So extremely cash flow positive. So again, I know that my properties produce ca- are not producing cash flow. Excuse me, they're not producing cash flow for one of two reasons. One, the house is vacant. Okay, so what do I what do I have to do? Well, I know if I want it to produce income to me, then I better find somebody that wants to rent it and send me a check every single month, right? Um, and so, going back to the stock market example, I at least know exactly what the problem is. I've got a house with nobody living in it, so I at least can work on fixing that, okay? The second thing is, I may have somebody in the property that signed a lease, but for some reason they're not paying me rent, okay? Which is another problem that I can identify and work on fixing. So I can, you know, again, file for an eviction. In properties that we look at, we invest in very landlord-friendly states where from beginning to end, you can do an eviction and have somebody out of the property in about 40 days. Okay, so again, I can fix it. Again, does it take me 40 days to fix it? Yes, but at least I know exactly what to fix. The other thing is, is any expenses associated with uh, the eviction, I get to deduct. So it's like I'm taking money out of my left pocket and I'm putting it into my right pocket. And I know a lot of people are like, oh man, I don't want to spend the money it's fine when, you're, when your properties are cash flow positive and you've structured them the way that we talk about in an LLC, this taxes and S-corporation. Again, you need to speak with a CPA. This is not meant to be specific advice for you. I don't know your situation. Okay, I'm going to tell you how we do it. Okay, So structuring them that way, now you have a business entity. So if I've got to shell out 500 bucks to do an eviction, I'll get to deduct that. If I need to put new carpet in because... The tenants that were in there ruined it, then I'm going to deduct that against the the income from the business, okay? So again, I'm pulling money from my left pocket, putting it right back into my right pocket. That's the way we like to do it with real estate. So number one reason, easy to understand. Number two, we've actually already touched on, so this will go pretty quickly. It can create predictable growth. And and this is what I mean is the reason that we invest money is obviously to make money. Okay. It'd be kind of silly if our entire purpose was to invest to lose. Doesn't make any sense. But investing in cash flowing real estate, right, can create some predictability. Again, it goes back to the fact that I know if I have a tenant in there, they send me the checks every month, then I can count on you know, a certain amount of money after I pay my mortgage, my taxes, my insurance, and all of that, right? There's some predictability to that. I know that they need to pay by the first of every single month. So I can kind of predict out and say, hey, listen, as long as they make their their rent payment by the first, I mean, we give a grace period, so they've technically got until the fifth, then uh, I'm going to be able to clear this much money after my expenses, okay? And there's some predictability factor there, Whereas if you're investing for appreciation, you know, I know a lot of people, the biggest, this is the biggest mistake that they make. They don't invest in real estate, excuse me, they don't invest in real estate for the income. 
they're investing for what they think it will appreciate to. And so some of these people, they, they're, you know, they'll go buy a property and they're, it's costing them $100 a month to own the property because they're banking on future appreciation. Listen, that is about the dumbest way to purchase real estate. And I know somebody's going to hit me and they'll say, but Terrence, you know, I, I, I had this property. I paid $150 a month just to own. But after four years, it appreciated to X and great. You are the anomaly in what I'm talking about. And just think about this. What if you had invested in a property that would cash flow 8 9 10% after expenses and you got some appreciation on top of that, right? So don't make the mistake of not uh, looking at it from a cash flow standpoint, okay? In my opinion, an asset is only something, <clears throat> excuse me, an asset is only something that produces dollars, okay? Produces income, okay? So number one, real estate's easy to understand. Number two, there's predictability in the growth of your investment based on the, the rents that are collected on a monthly basis. The third reason, again, one of my most favorite, is it's one of the only investments that you can buy insurance on, okay? That if it burns to the ground, you know, you, your insurance company can cut a check and it can be rebuilt, okay? And there's insurance for that, so I, I love that. And again, for those of you that invest in the stock market, I know all about the puts and the calls and all of that. Not the same thing, okay? Not the same thing at all. So I love, I love that you can purchase insurance on it. Number four, this is an investment that's actually backed by an asset, okay? It's something that can't go to zero. It's always going to have some value, right? Even when it burn, if it burns to the ground, the land is still worth something because it's it's backed by a hard asset. It can't just grow legs up on you and get up and walk away. It's not you're not going to just get this piece of paper in the mail that all of a sudden shows that you lost $35,000 and you have no idea why or where or, or how any of that happened. So I love the fact that there's an actual asset backing it. And the fifth and final thing, okay, the thing that ties all this together that we've been talking about is you are in control. Okay? Now again, does that mean you have total control? That's not what I'm saying. Because you never have, you never have complete control over anything, right? So I, I want to, you know, I want to make sure I say that because I'm not naive in thinking, oh, you can control something. You can't control everything, but there is some things that there are some things that you can control about real estate. One, you can control if you want to put it up for sale. You want to get out of it. Now, are you in control if somebody else wants to buy it and what they're willing to pay? No, but you have control to put it on the market and liquidate pending a buyer. Okay, there's some control in that. Okay, uh, you have control over uh, the income, identifying why it's not producing income. Again, you have control over putting it up for rent if it currently doesn't have a tenant in there. You're in control of that. Now, are you in control of if somebody wants to rent it? No. Okay, but uh, again, you find you know, you put it at the right price, the right market, it's the right property, you're going to always find people that want to rent it, okay? <clears throat> so there's some control there. You have the ability to evict a tenant that's not paying. So again, you get my point is there's more control. You're in control over having insurance on it. So every, the, the previous four things that we've talked about, those are things 
that you have some control over. You have control over the fact that this is an investment that you've got your hard-earned money in. Uh, you know, you're planning for retirement, whatever it is, business income's gone into it, whatever it is, but now you're in control because it's in an investment that you understand. It's not in some crazy mutual fund that invests in 3,500 different places, and it's impossible to do all your research on all those things, and you're really just looking across the table to your financial advisor and praying he's done his research, when in reality, he doesn't have a flipping clue. The only thing he's done is he's looked at the performance last year and he has no idea why it was up the way that it was up, but he's happy that it was up because he gets to sit in front of you and say, hey, we were up, okay? But uh, what he doesn't like is when he has to sit in front of you and say, we're down, and the only thing that comes out of his mouth is, this is just what happens with these things. The stock market goes up and down, you know? And so this is about having an investment where you have some control, some latitude over what's, what goes on in your life, you get to call the shots and not rely on somebody putting you in an investment that they don't understand, and uh, which means you don't understand it, which leaves the possibility of retirement even you know, more up to chance than it is currently. So my, you know, I guess my parting words here, if you will, is you know, is find an investment, follow, first think about the number one thing we talked about today. Invest in things that are easy to understand, okay? If you feel like you need to go to law school and graduate at the top of your class just to understand the investment that you're in, right? Take that as a clue as to, to maybe that you should look for some other things. Again, you'll have to decide for yourself, make your own calls, I'm just here to give you my two cents and my decade plus of experience as a financial advisor. And uh, as always, here to serve you. And uh, go be great today because nothing else pays. We'll see you.